Manx Radio Sport. A very good evening to you on Manx Radio AM 1368. I'm Rob Pritchard and welcome to Saturday Sport Classified with your usual weekly roundup of results across Manx football, rugby and hockey. Well, we will start with football and we will give you now the classified scores from today's games as we have them so far. And we are still awaiting a number of results to come through and those that we don't have, please feel free to get in touch on 166-177 if you have any details of those. So let's take a look at the classified results across Manx football today Saturday the 19th of November starting with the Canada Life Men's Premier League Douglas High School Old Boys 2 St George's 2 Moran 2 Peel 3 Onken 1 Russian United 0 Corinthians 2 St John's 2 Ramsey 8 Douglas Royal 2 Air United 0 Union Mills 4 in the DPS Limited Division 2 Castletown 6, St Mary's 1. Braddon 5, Michael 1. Governors Athletic 2, Douglas Athletic 6. Ramsey Youth Centre 5, Douglas and District 3. In Canada Life Combination 1. St John's vs Corinthians awaiting result. Peel 3, Moran 0. Russian United vs Onken walkover to Russian, Onken unable to field a team due to injury. Douglas Royal vs Ramsey awaiting result. Union Mills vs Air United away walkover to Air United, Union Mills unable to field a team. And in DPS Limited Combination 2. St Mary's 2, Castletown 0. Pulrose 1, Foxdale 2. Michael 1, Braddon 3. Jims vs Maloo awaiting result. And Douglas and District 2, Ramsey Youth Centre 3. That concludes the classified footballing results here on the Isle of Man, Saturday the 19th of November, as we have them so far. Well, for the first time this evening, after what's been a busy day for him out in the cold, he's now joined us here at Broadcasting House. Tony, very good evening to you. Some great results out there today as well. Some super results, Rob, and uh, real battles going on right the way through the whole set of fixtures. And uh, the weather conditions have changed a little bit now, Rob, because uh, certainly today it was chilly out there. First time this season. I think we needed a good coat anyway. Uh, but some interesting scores. The Canalife Premier League has changed a little bit and uh, we're getting a little bit closer to the Decart uh, Railway Cup uh, four top teams, but uh, we've still got a bit more work to do. Can I just say, the fantastic Manx public, I did a call for results we were missing. We've just had three of them in in the last few seconds, so we will give those out before we do, in fact, uh, move on to take a look at the games in more detail. So one of the results that we've just had in is in Canada Life Combi 1, and it finished St John's 5, Corinthians 1. And also in Combination 1, it finished Douglas Royal 1, Ramsey 3. And in combination two, the only result that was outstanding, it has finished Jim's nil, Maloo nine. So that completes our results. Thank you very much for sending those in so promptly as well. So thank you very much for sending those through on 166-177. So Tony, we'll take a look starting with the Canada Life Men's Premier League and Douglas High School Old Boys and St George's. 2-2 honours two, even in this one. Fair result, I think, by the sound of it. And uh, old boys have got Danny Gallon to thank today. I watched him early on in the season, Rob, and he looks a really good uh, player. As uh, He's only a young lad, so it's nice to see uh, those sort of players coming through into the Premier League. And uh, today against the St George's side, that looked on paper strong last night, but losing three or four players uh, this morning has cost them uh, dearly and cost them a couple more points. But um, a little bit of, I wouldn't say panic station setting in for St George's. 
Well, they need to start picking up uh, some three-pointers just to get them away from that danger zone because depending on what sort of squad they're going to have out in future, they haven't got a combination to pick from, so they're going to have to go with the players that they've got. And if uh, Sean Quay comes back in, it'll certainly help them. Haven't got St George's goal scorers, so if you can text me through, please, 166177. But good point for all boys. Absolutely. Well, moving on to the next one. Now, Peel went into this weekend top of the league. They will stay there, but they've certainly been made to work for it this afternoon because Peel 3-2 winners away at Morown. Great effort from Morown. Yeah, and I don't know what time uh, the last goal was uh, scored. I think it was right uh, maybe in the last five minutes or so. Uh, but uh, Jake Robertshaw got one for Peel. Uh, Reese Oates on the score sheet again. Taylor Andrews uh, getting the third one for uh, Peel. I think he got the winner. Uh, Alex Macquarie got one of the Moran goals, but as you rightly say, they had to work really hard for it in the second half. And uh, Moran are a habit, don't they? They have a habit of uh, competing against these top sides, and that's what they've done today. So that'll give uh, David Brewer a massive lift. But 2-2 uh, with only minutes to go. Peel getting the winner in, and it keeps them top of the table with 22 points. Absolutely. Well, uh, Onken against Russian United. This was a close one. Just the one goal in it from what we've seen here. Finished Onken, finished Onken 1, Russian United 0. That's a great result for Onken when you look at uh, Tom Creer uh, missing. It was a different Tom, Tom Lancaster, that uh, scored the goal. So uh, Tom can shout about that one, but I don't think him and his family are too uh, sort of interested in Everton at the moment with the scores that they've been having. Sorry about that, Tom. That was, pass that on to your dad, Steve. But, you know, Russian... I just don't know. I don't know what the team news was uh, today, but it's quite interesting. Yesterday, someone said to me, oh, can you see Russian going down? I said, no chance, because they played seven games with eight points on board. But, uh, you know, today I expected them to pick up three. It didn't happen for them. Uh, didn't score, which says to me that possibly Mikey Williams and Furrow Davies didn't play. But what a big three points that is for Tom Lancaster and uh, Onken. And congratulations to them, because that puts them on nine points now. And they're uh, doing quite well in their first year back in the top flight for many, many years. So well done to Onken. Just had some clarity in. Thanks very much on the game between St Mary's and Castletown in Combi 2. It finished St Mary's 2, Castletown 1, as it turns out. So I think we've had a bit of a change in information in the last couple of minutes. But thank you very much for uh, letting us know and clarifying on that one. OK, we take a look now at what was happening at Balafletcher. Tony Meppen was down there in person. Corinthians 2, St John's 2. We'd already looked at this as a, a, a possible pick of the ties this weekend and it didn't disappoint, did it? It didn't disappoint and uh, there was massive uh, sort of uh, talking points in this game. Uh, let's have a look at the first one, Rob. Uh, eight minutes, eight, nine minutes into the game and uh, no doubt about it, Rob uh, Savage, Joe Savage uh, cut in. He was on the inside of his uh, full-back and he had the advantage of the ball and just uh, outside the penalty area, uh, he was brought down by uh, Chris Cannell. To me, it was last man. Um, you know, it's totally different how the referees uh, read it. And it was uh, a booking for Chris Cannell, but from the resulting free kick, uh, it was absolute brilliant uh, free kick from Brandon Forrester-McLeavy. Went to the goalkeeper's right-hand side and uh, didn't have a lot of pace on it, but it had accuracy. And that gave uh, St John's a lead. But then two minutes later, it was uh, Danny Gerrard who equalised for uh, Corinthians to make it 1-1 uh, and this could have had uh, three or four different uh, goal scorers on it because there was all sorts going in. I think Danny Oram had a pop at it, Josh Ridings had a go, uh, Danny Gerrard uh, finally uh, put it away and 1-1 it was. Pulsating game, played with a lot of intensity and uh, both teams really super fit. There's a lot of running and Callum Taggart had two or three chances up front and also Corinthians had chances as well on as even. Um, it changed a little bit when uh, Callum Taggart got injured with no Dean Lees today. 
So on came uh, Jamie Moffat and uh, Jamie's a handful to deal with as well. And it was um, a real sort of uh, bit of a mix up at the back. Goalkeeper came out and uh, went to clear the ball. I think it came off uh, Harry Rothwell and then the ball just had so much pace on it trickled over the line and Adam Killier raced back to get it but no chance 2-1 it was to St John's I thought against play but uh, St John's defence today were magnificent um, certainly uh, Will Penhorick and uh, Sam Ingham brilliant and a couple of occasions Sam was last man and he had to make those important challenges and he got them in there so well done to everyone in St John's back four including their goalkeeper Sticks two world class saves absolutely brilliant and uh, he's a good keeper and Got to keep a look at him because, uh, you know, they're looking for keepers around. Right build, whatever he is, 6566, Rob. And he's pretty broad as well, but uh, he had a good performance today. But then an absolute belting goal by Christy Cannell. Left foot from about 20, 22 yards out. Smashed it uh, straight in to make it 2-2. Uh, and honours even, but I still thought uh, Corinthians played better in the second half. But then, uh, I, I don't know what he was thinking about uh, you know, let's talk about um, Darren Kane sending off first. Darren went to ground to make the tackle. When I looked at it, I thought, ooh, you've got to be careful there. And I saw the back pocket with the red car coming out and uh, straight red it was to uh, Darren Kane. So he got uh, sent off. But then pandemonium set in because the Corinthians goalkeeper, Adam Killier, collected the ball, he'd saved it, no problem. I don't mind what he says. You're trying to say that the player was in his way, tried to get out of his way. He shoved him on the back of the neck. And when I saw it happen, I thought, that's a straight red, and this could be a penalty or a free kick on the edge of the box. The way it was, it was a penalty for St John's. Jamie Moffat, how many penalties he's missed? Not many, I wouldn't think. And Corinthians have got no goalkeeper. So suddenly, um, it was Joe Middleton who, if you remember last year in the Junior Cup, when uh, Peel and uh, Corinthians were drawing, and then uh, Jamie, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Joe had the opportunity to score from the penalty spot to stand Corinthians a good chance of winning that trophy but unfortunately he missed it and he was beside himself because he's only a young lad but today he put the green jersey on stood in front of goal and I thought this is over super save stayed in the middle saved it the penalty obviously um, it, it didn't matter because the goal didn't go in and it was uh, honest even was it a fair result I think so Honest assumption by uh, Sam Brown, the manager of St John's afterwards, was that um, Corinthians looked the better of the two sides. Uh, yeah, maybe going forward because they lost Callum Taggart, but defensively, I thought uh, St John's were really, really strong indeed. And Corinthians will be disappointed that they didn't create or finish some of their chances. But uh, the Jay Chatwood missing, you know, it might have been slightly different. But then again, Dean Lees was missing. So a good game to watch. I thought it was a good spectacle for the Premier League and um, our St John's in this uh, championship race. They certainly are after today's performance. Still a three or four horse race for that title at the moment, oh, isn't it? It's uh, And actually, we just had a confirmation through just on the Douglas uh, High School Old Boys and St George's game. Danny Gelling getting both goals for Douglas High School yep. Old Boys there. So thank you very much for that one. OK, let's move on. And uh, went up to the north of the island. Ramsey versus Douglas Royal and Ramsey. Just recapturing some of the form that maybe they showed earlier in the season with a comprehensive win today. Ramsey, eight two winners over Douglas Royal. Well, he did. And, uh, you know, Ramsey have got it there when you look at the team. And, you know, today, the star of the show, there's no doubt about it, it's Darren Hudson. Um, he's He's been registered for Ramsey quite a few times. And, you know, just 
whatever happens, he goes to another club and comes back. But today he was in majestic form. He got four. Dylan Pickles as well got two. He got two last week. Uh, Matthew Montgomery got one. And uh, Chris Duggan uh, back in the team as well got the other one. But um, it was tight up to half time, I believe. I think it was something like 2-2 maybe. But uh, Andy Asperidge got one for Douglas Royal. James um, Clark got the other one. Royal will be disappointed. Conceded nine last week, conceded eight this week. So they need to try and tighten up. up. But uh, certainly today, Ramsey back in form. And it does give them a bit of a lifeline. We'll look at the league tables in a minute. Very well. And the final game in the Canada Life Men's Premier League was also in the north of the island. Air United versus Union Mills. Another one that you picked out could be a bit of a humdinger, I suppose it were, on paper. But uh, a fantastic result for the away side because Union Mills, yet again, continuing their brilliant form. 4-0 winners away at Air United today. Oh, tremendous uh, performance. And I know, uh, speaking to uh, Jamie Callister, he said, we've got a good team today. Um, so, you know, we expect to, to do quite well. But... Um, no goals. I don't know if Sean Kelly played because uh, it's not very often he plays in an Air United shirt and doesn't score. Uh, but uh, no doubt about it, star of the show today, Owen Quayle. Just come back, as we touched on at lunchtime, um, he had the boot removed uh, not too long ago and uh, coming back in and not he ran everywhere. Uh, he's not super match fit, but uh, certainly uh, sort of running around and stuff, he could do it. He got two goals. Uh, Tyler Hughes got uh, one. Congratulations again on his uh, Player of the Month award. And it was uh, Luke Booth again on the score sheet for Union Mills. That's a terrific result, that. And uh, that puts uh, Union Mills on equal uh, second spot now. And it might even actually uh, take them ahead. Uh, probably has, obviously, John. So into second spot. So well done to them. Very well. Those are your Premier League results. Let's move on to DPS Limited Division 2. And a lot of eyes will have been on the south of the island in this division today with third place Castletown hosting the leaders undefeated going into the weekend, St Mary's. And there's been, I suppose, a bit not maybe a shock in terms of how the result could have gone, but maybe in terms of the scoreline, St Mary's suffering their first defeat of the season. 6-1, Castletown beat them down in the south today. That's a big result. It's a big, big result. And uh, Danny Lane, well done, Danny. Uh, four goals for him today. But I did say if Castletown um, were going to beat St Mary's, it, defensively, I think St Mary's look a little bit shaky. I've noticed that over the couple of games I've watched them. Jamie Skillen got the goal for uh, St Mary's in the first half. But as I say, Danny Lane got four. Alex Crawley uh, got one and Edson De Silva uh, got the other one. So I'm pretty certain Gary Sansby's chuffed to bits with that one. That's a huge result. Not just sort of beating them and battering them. 6-1, let's be fair. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit of an advantage to Castletown psychologically with that uh, super result against, as you say, the top team, St Mary's. And I believe Castletown are one of those with a game in hand as well, up toward the top as well. So who knows where that might come into play later well, on. Well, it is, and you've got Michael mixed in in there as well. And uh, when you look at uh, the games that are there, Castletown have actually got two games in hand on their St Mary's. So, you know, it's all there to play for. When you look at the start of the season that they had, uh, I can't remember who it was now, they got beaten comfortably, and I just thought, oh, maybe not as good as they are, but... They're going to score goals, there's no doubt about it. As long as they can defend Castletown, then this could be a race on here for them to try and win this league. Very true. And, uh, well, there was uh, another game in this division as well concerning the teams up toward the top. Braddon hosting Michael here. And this might have shaken things up a little bit as well because uh, Braddon, after a blistering start to the Div 2 season, had just a couple of results that maybe that didn't quite go their way. But this one is a, a big statement from them. They've beaten Michael at home, Braddon, by five goals to one. Yeah, good uh, performance by uh, Braddon. And when you look at it uh, today, the top four sides uh, in the Division 2 were all playing each other, and that's St Mary's against Castan, Michael against Braddon. Michael was second, 
And uh, I was surprised with that scoreline when I came through. But, you know, fair play to Braden and did say that we need to go and have a look at Braden, I think, because there's something developing here uh, quite nicely. And it was Kieran Lane who got the goal for Michael. But for Braden, it was uh, Matthew Ogden with one. Will Holden got a couple of goals. Dan Raid and uh, Nick Hutton uh, got the other one. So uh, well done to Braden. Super performance by them. And uh, Michael will be licking their wounds a little bit because they've had a great start to the season and today beaten fair and square by Braddon 5-1. I'm just on the subject of Braddon. We've spoken about it a couple of times since early in the season as well. That's a young squad as well. So if you're uh, if, if you're in charge of that group of players, you might be licking your lips at the prospect of having a, a, long, a longer-term group there that uh, could just keep developing and developing. Definitely. And uh, when you look at Dan Raid, Dan's 16, I think. Uh, so... Um, Matthew Ogden, uh, Will Holden, uh, new names to me, so I'm not too sure how old they are. Uh, Nick Hatton as well, because, you know, uh, Braddon had this um, sort of team coming through. I think it's still a few to turn 16 um, that Will Smith has had, and um, there's some good players in there. Tom Healy's another one, but it's all, you know, keeping hold of them. University is a bit of a, a bummer because they end up uh, going off to uni, but, uh, you know, they've got to live their lives. But at the moment, they're enjoying the football. Braddon enjoying having them here. And uh, Braddon are looking to see if they can get back in the Premier League. It's one of those matters you cross that bridge when you come to it, I guess. Exactly. And uh, exactly. OK, we also have Governors Athletic versus Douglas Athletic. This took place at Colby. Douglas Athletic coming out on top by six goals to two. Yeah, well done to uh, Douglas Athletic. They've had a tough old season so far. And uh, Martin Cowan got uh, one of the goals. Matty Moffat got two. Uh, Johnny Knowles and uh, Harry Grant haven't got uh, Governors Athletic's uh, goal scorers. But hopefully that'll breed a bit of confidence in the athletic care team. And with six goals, just shows that they can score goals. And finally, in Division 2, another eight-goal game. Uh, Ramsey Youth Centre beating Douglas and District by five goals to three. Yeah, I think we need to find uh, a good defensive coach, I think, Rob, looking at some of these scores that are coming in. Uh, but it was 3-2 to Ramsey Youth Centre at half-time. Jamie Brew got three of the goals for Ramsey Youth Centre. Corey Cassidy got uh, two. For D&D, it was Daniel Stewart-Clegg. Kai Stevenson scored one from the penalty spot. And Bobby Sido, his first goal uh, for the club. So congratulations, Bobby. And also there's a debut game today for 16-year-old Jamie Dodd, who came off the bench and, uh, you know, did pretty well, really, for 16. So welcome to senior football. And uh, we'll watch that name and see how he progresses. Indeed we will. Let's move on then to the Canada Life Combination 1. Now, there were two games already called off uh, ahead of Saturday afternoon. One of those was uh, Russian United against Onken, awarded as a home win to Russian, with Onken unable to field the team due to an exceptional number of injuries. So Russian getting the points there. And another walkover as well, Union Mills versus Air. That is an away walkover to Air United. They'll take the points with Union Mills unable to field a team. Well, there were three games that still went ahead in Canada Life Combination 1, and it finished in the First one we've got here, St John's 5, Corinthians 1. Good result that for St John's, um, played really well. Plenty of goals, haven't got their uh, goal scorers. Corinthians haven't got their goal scorer neither, so if you could text us through please, 166-177. Absolutely, and uh, Peel also scoring three in the combination leagues as well in the Premier League. Peel, 3-0 winners at home to Moran. Yeah, and it keeps the pressure on the uh, top of the table, doesn't it? Because, you know, when you look at uh, Peel and Russian, they look as if... One of those two are going to be the uh, champions and uh, Peel today now played nine. One game, uh, no, they played equal games because Russian didn't play today, but get the points. Uh, Russian are on 27 points. Peel are on uh, 22. So there's a bit to do on that one. But uh, the main thing is keep winning those games. And that's what Peel have done today. Karen Christian with one. Uh, Alaka Ekalongo got one. And Lucas Watterson uh, got the other one. Good result for Peel in the end, 3-0. 
And the final game which took place in Canada Life Combination 1 today, it finished uh, Douglas Royal 1, Ramsey 3. And that's all the information I've got, Rob. Very well. Let's move on to DPS Limited Combination 2 then. St Mary's versus Castletown, the early kickoff today at 1.45. As we've now had clarity, that finished St Mary's 2, Castletown 1. Yeah, got the goal scorers as well. For Castletown, it was Mike Quine who got the goal for Castletown. For uh, St Mary's, Danny Curran uh, with one and Kieran uh, Smith uh, got the other one. So the league leaders uh, pick up another three points and uh, it's all for everyone to try and get a hold of them. And another close game as well in the next one, Paul Rose versus Foxdale. It was the visitors who came out on top just. It finished Paul Rose 1, Foxdale 2. Yeah, and I've got uh, JP Joyce uh, with one of the goals after 88 minutes. Stephen Bettridge got one. Um, not too sure who the other one was. Couldn't quite read it. But uh, Foxdale, I think that's a good result against a, a good Paul Rose side in uh, Combi 2, winning 2-1. And elsewhere, Michael versus Braddon. Well, Braddon, they enjoyed success in Division 2 and they enjoyed success today in Combination 2 as well. Braddon away at Michael. They've beaten Michael by three goals to one. They certainly did. And uh, Charlie Knight with uh, one. Reese Lake uh, got one from the penalty spot. And Alex uh, Madley or Madeley got the other one for uh, Braddon. Haven't got Michael's goal scorer. And then in the other result, this uh, very one-sided contest, it seems, Jim's nil, Maloo nine. I do have the goal scorers. I can give Go you ahead. those as well. So we had uh, two hat-tricks, in fact. One going to Dean Kinley yep. and the other going to Kieran Krippner. And then a brace for Nathan Hamilton. So two goals for him and also one for Mark Hargreaves. So a pretty one-sided competition in the end there, Tony. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, Dean Kinley scoring goals for fun, isn't it? And, uh, you know, uh, when you look at it, uh, Kieran Krippner, good player. You know, the two really good players there and uh, Nathan Hamilton. I re can't recall Nathan ever scoring two goals in a game, so uh, maybe I'm being a, doing him an injustice, but, um, you know, between the three of them, and they got eight of the goals and then Mark Hargreaves got the last one. Uh, comfortable there for Maloon 9-0. Just had a text in to say Alex's goal for Peel Combination was an absolute corker. Best this person has seen all season so far. By the sounds of it, we've got quite a few contenders in Manx football at the have. moment, haven't we? Some belters. <laughs> OK, the final result of today then in the Men's Senior Leagues in the DPS Limited Combination 2. It was a close one. Douglaston District 2, Ramsey Youth Centre 3. And it was uh, Mark Quirk uh, with a couple of goals there for D&D. Uh, uh, and uh, well done to uh, Casey Harvey. His first appearance in goal for Douglaston District. So Douglaston District capitalising a little bit on their youth policy, which is uh, important to bring those players through. But it's uh, Leighton Ballard uh, with uh, two uh, Ballard, sorry, two goals for Ramsey Centre and John Stone uh, got the other one. But it wasn't enough D&D &D with those two goals from Mark because Ramsey Centre won at 3-2. Just had one from the combination as well. Uh, Bryden Lee was the scorer for Foxdale there, just as a bit of clarity. Thanks for that message in. OK, so those are your results from the Manx Footballing Leagues for Saturday the 19th of November. Moving now to the NWCFL Premier Division and FCR Love Man, who have suffered their third defeat on the bounce in all competitions today after a 3-0 defeat away to Winsford United this afternoon. A Nathan Cottrell hat-trick for the Cheshire side doing the damage and a tough result for the Ravens at the Barton Stadium. So I spoke to FCR Love Man manager Paul Jones after the final whistle to get his thoughts on his team's performance today very good for large parts of the game um on a very difficult pitch um and then maybe frustrating for very small parts of the game where we've kind of made a few decisions or, or not made a few decisions and uh you know kind of they've capitalized on it and um you know we we yeah so that's kind of it in a nutshell really frustrated but also very very pleased in terms of how they've 
applied themselves and how we've gone about what we're trying to do. Um, you know, it wasn't a fair reflection of the performance, but you don't always get what you deserve in a game of football. And, you know, and ultimately we've we've come away not winning the game. A pretty even contest come half-time. You were 1-0 down, but then it was uh, two quick-fire goals right at the start of the second half. At, at that point, at 3-0 down, did it just feel like maybe just a, a bit too much of a challenge to overcome, even with so much time remaining? Yes and no. I mean, you know, in... in other games earlier this season, you know, we've kind of maybe gone on to concede a few more goals. And the really positive thing was that everyone dug in and we made three substitutions and to give you know players, young players some minutes and, and returning players some minutes. And um, they were excellent. You know, even though they were 3-0 down, we took the game to Winsford. We created lots of chances in the sec- second half. And, you know, we could have scored three or four ourselves really on a different day. So, um it was a really positive reaction to a very disappointing first 10 minutes of the second half, but it was only disappointing because we were 2-0 down, not because of how we were playing in that period. So, um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's one of those where you walk away looking at the scoreline going, like, that, that's not good enough. Like, we, we, need to, we need to be in games for longer periods and, and ultimately getting points. But you also walk away with another hat on going, it was a really positive performance and it was a really positive step in the right direction for for the group of players so um so yeah it depends on uh what mood you catch me in over the next few few days as to whether it'll be a positive or a negative spin back in action again of course next saturday back at home what are you looking to hopefully work on over the next week on the back of today to maybe try and turn things around for the next one yeah we had a, a good conversation in the um, dressing room after the game and we've identified, identified as a group some key areas and it's not not too far away from what we've been working on this week around a little bit of organisational structure and looking at the players playing more as a team um, and, and not 11 individuals. So we'll keep working on that and we'll keep giving them some information that they can digest and, and, and play with a little bit. And, you know, we keep moving forward in, in a positive direction. You know, um, they're, they're a great group. They, they work their socks off. Um, they, they do you know, most things that you ask them to and, and, you know, the more that they kind of work on the little bits that we've identified over the last couple of weeks, then then the stronger they will be as individuals in a group come the end of the season. So um, there's a lot to do. Um, you know, there's a lot of work there. Um, you're never a finished article, are you, as a player or a team? So there's lots that we can work on and, and they're looking forward to getting back in on Tuesday. And, and hopefully for the, the one o'clock kickoff, you know, we can get as many people down the ground as possible at the bowl and you know, give them the support that they deserve for the efforts they've put in on behalf of the island over the last kind of six months or so. That's Paul Jones, FCL of Man manager, talking after his side's 3-0 defeat away to Winsford United in the NWCFL Premier Division today. Uh, just before we talk FCL of Man, we've just had a confirmation. Uh, thanks for the message in. Uh, Braddon's first team goal scorer was Callum Holden, not Will Holden, so we'll just add that in. But thank you, thank you very much for the uh, clarity. And just to add to the message we got about uh, Alec Ekalango's strike today, I have been reliably informed that it will be viewable on Peel's Facebook page shortly in case anyone would like to see just how great a strike was. That's a message that's come through. Is he trying to take on Luke Murray, do you think, on that one? be some goal to beat Luke Morris, I think. It would, it would, there's, a, yeah, there's a high calibre going on, isn't there? So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see for that one. OK, let's take a look. Um, FC Isle of Man, 3-0 defeat today. Um, what was an even first half? They were one goal down at half-time. Two goals in the space of four minutes at the start of the second half. Paul Jones says there were uh, positives to take from that game. He, d- he did enjoy the work ethic and he enjoyed the desire from his team. But that still might sting a bit, mightn't it? Well, it will do because it was a league game last week. It was a cup um, I'm not saying this is important, but um, I think now uh, Paul and the team need to sort of really concentrate on 
I know they're trying the hardest to get some points because it, this relegation lock is starting to look a little bit uh, of a possibility which we don't want to happen. So they've got to try and get things uh, together. A lot of young lads being given the opportunity to play here and playing against more experienced players, possibly more physical players because some of the players that they've brought in are light as in weight and stuff because they're only like sort of 16, 18 years of age. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And listening to Paul's interview there, they had chances, but couldn't score. Um, you know, today, I think it was Tom Creer and Luke Murray that started up front. Um, the team defensively looked good. So, you know, conceding those three goals, that's a little bit of a worry when you look at um, the players that we had there in the back four. So, yeah, something that Paul and the team will work on. And hopefully they'll get it right because they've got a home game one thirty, is it, next Saturday? 1pm. Yeah, 1pm. So, um, you know, it's going to be difficult because, you know, there's a full league programme going on in uh, Manx football. But we wish them well and they could do with getting some points on the board just to give them a bit of confidence for the next game. Just to go across two of those points you've mentioned there to talk about the physicality of it as well. You know, it's a youthful squad that went out there today and uh, Paul Jones very happy with the, the work rate they put in but on a slower pitch as well which he did uh, touch on as well it maybe plays into a, a more physical side uh, we can't be too harsh on these young lads because that's not something that just happens overnight that you're all of a sudden up to physicality in this division you know it, it takes time to work it out doesn't it yeah definitely it's it's all about learning and you know certainly last year in the uh, uh, D- division one south it was um a wake-up call for them, you know, the physicality and right through it. Chris Bass said that, and, and obviously now going up a league to the Premier League, it's going to be even more. I've noticed that the players are faster. Um, they're certainly uh, stronger. There's no doubt about that. The accuracy and evidence there, which you would expect in a, a higher league. But, you know, it doesn't sort of take anything away from that uh, FC Alaman need to get some points on the board. And, you know, they played against a team today that's alongside them in the league. And three nils, you know, a big defeat. So they need to sort of have a little look, see where they can tighten things up. Players are coming back from injury now. Chrissy Cannell played today for Corinthians and um, he scored a goal. You've got Dan Simpson who came back in from what I was hearing uh, from uh, the reports in from Paul Moran was that um, Dan was doing quite well uh, for first came back in for a while. Uh, I think um, Sean Dawes probably a little bit away at the moment. But the players there sort of good enough older players um, why they weren't selected don't know if they were fit but the younger ones have come in and as you say they've just got to learn the trade and just to go on that point you made of obviously where FC Alaman are on the table actually going into this weekend we haven't seen the other results around them in the league as of yet apart from this one They've had a nice points cushion from those bottom two places for a little bit of time they've picked up some good results so we've we've said haven't we that it's not Panic stations, yeah, there's still a long way in the season to go and a lot of points up for grabs, but how important is it that they just remain calm just to avoid getting drawn into that over the long run? Well, it's always the change, isn't it? Um, some of those players will have, have played on the pole when he managed the Ireland team, um, so they know how he wants to play uh, football. Uh, they're used to sort of Lee Dixon and Chris Bass's uh, system. Uh, now that uh, they've got a new team in, they'll be getting their points over how they want. And new players playing with players that they've probably never played with before. You know, and suddenly players like Alex Maitland, Carl Clark and that, more senior players, the younger ones will be looking at them for, you know, a bit of guidance, a little bit of help. But it's all about progress. They knew it was going to be a change from the new management taking over. And it's getting used to uh, whatever's going to go on there. But... 
yeah, they can't afford, they need some more points just to give them a lift. Otherwise, you're always looking behind you, aren't you? Worried um, where your next set of points are going to come from. And at the moment, you know, Paul's uh, struggled a little bit with getting some points on the board with the two games he's been in charge. One, I know, being a cup, but the league game. Plenty of food for thought over the next week before Absolutely. that game against uh, Charnock Richard and plenty of time in the season to uh, look to turn things around. Well, Tony, thank you very much as ever and we'll be uh, catching up with you very soon. Manx Radio Sport. Well, it's around this time we take a look at the rugby results today. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Dave Christian alongside us today. He is across the water watching the uh, Rugby World Cup final. We're all rather jealous of him, but we do have some results to bring you from today. It was an actual uh, domestic break for the English club's championships and the Ravenscroft Manx Shield amid the Autumn Internationals. But we did have two games involving Manx sides today and uh, late drama in both. In fact, one of those on Ireland in the women's NC1 Northwest Vagabonds Ladies. They went down 17-20 to Chester Divas. It was a last-minute penalty that decided the game in a very close contest. The tries for Vagabonds coming from Corinna Daly, Jules Harrison and Hannah Clayton and a conversion as well from Sammy McDonald in what sounded like a very entertaining game at Bala Fletcher at lunchtime. Elsewhere, a different change in fortunes for the other Manx side in action today. Ramsey away in the Cheshire Bowl. A big win for them in that one. They were away at Ellesmere Port. Ramsey 28-26 winners. A Brandon Atchison conversion winning the game in the well, the last kick of the game I'm told. Fantastic result for Ramsey out there. The tries for Ramsey coming from Jake Richmond, Josh Cortine, Nathan Robson and Brandon Atchison with Brandon Atchison getting four conversions including that all important game deciding one. So great result for Ramsey Commiserations to Vagabonds, but they still have had a fantastic start to the season, and sure, it won't put them out too much on that one until they go into the next game. Okay, now it's time to take a look at hockey, and we're entering the final few critical weeks of the mixed hockey season. Um, points more valuable than ever across the divisions, and he's as ever taking a look through the results with us. Ben Cunningham, Ben, very good evening to you. Good evening, how are we? Very well, thanks. Very well. So, before we take a look in detail, let's bring you the classified hockey results from Saturday the 19th of November, and they are as follows. In the Rossborough Mixed Premier League, Backers B4, Vikings B3, Ramsey A5, Valkyrie's B0, Backers A6, Valkyrie's A0. In the Rossborough Mixed Division 1, Castletown Southerners 4, Vikings D0. Vikings C, nil. Valkyrie C, three. Harlequins A, ten. Backers C, nil. In the Rossborough Mixed Division 2. Valkyrie's D, three. Ramsey Rookies, one. Castletown Cushags, four. Vikings E, one. Ramsey Ravens, nil. Castletown Camags, one. In the Rossborough Mixed Division 3. Harlequins B, eight. Harlequins C, two. Backers Colts, four. Castletown Cosney, nil. Backers D, nil. Valkyrie's Colts, one. And in the Rossborough Mixed Under-15s League, Ramsey Rogues and Rascals, four. Harlequins, five. Castletown Sharks, nil. Backers, six. 
And that concludes your classified mixed hockey results for Saturday, the 19th of November. Well, let's bring Ben back into this. Let's take a look at the Rossborough Mixed Premier League. Starting with the early pushback, this was quite a crucial game between the B teams here and Backersby and Vikingsby. And as was the case in the last time these two teams met, Backersby coming out on top, not as one-sided this time, but ultimately still a win for them. Backersby 4, Vikingsby 3. Yeah, a real crucial win for Backersby there. Uh, Sam Franklin with 2, Chris Bass with 1 and... From the message I've got, it's Cal with one. So if we could have a full name, that'd be brilliant, Tar. Uh, but for Vikings, it was uh, Dom Hubble with two and Morvan Smith with one. And the fact from Vikings' perspective there, defeat for them, that might hurt a little bit, but it's a far cry from the result they had last time, making up ground, and they've had some good results recently. And backers B, a very consistent season. It's always difficult for B teams coming into the yeah. mixed Premier League or men's and women's Premier League, but to have consistent consistent performances, I should say, as a B team going into top flight, that's got to be commended from yeah, backers. And when, when, when you're in the Premier League, it's going to be a tough ask, no matter what team you're against. But yeah, credit to both backers B and Vikings B because you know they've they've really shown themselves this season and then there was a crucial game in the north of the island in one of the five past two pushbacks between Ramsey A and Valkyres B and Valkyres B would see them relegated from the division today had they lost and unfortunately for them that has proved to be the case it finished Ramsey A5 Valkyres B nil. yeah I had a feeling that Ramsey would uh, comfortably get this one today and that's no no mean feat to Valkyres B um, Ramsey A's goal scorers were Alex Neal with two, Sophie Crossgrave with one, Joe Quine with one, and Jake Moore with one. But yet again, you know, Valkyries B, credit to them. They've been in a really tough league this year and they have proven themselves. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it's a relegation for them, unfortunately. And that's the other side of what we were just talking about a moment ago is the fact that, you know, to, to be a B team going into top flight is is tough and they've certainly given a good go of it but it's uh, just a little too much this time around but got to be commended for their efforts oh yeah absolutely and you know full respects to them for the effort they've put in and who knows you know they they might they'll be down into division one next year but who who says they can't come back up next year wait and see we will have to wait and see. Well, the other game that uh, pushed back at five past two between Backers A and Valkyrie A. Backers A were looking to uh, kick on a little bit after being held to a goalless draw by Castletown Celts in the previous league game. And they responded in style as Ben, I think you actually predicted. Comprehensive win for Backers A versus Valkyrie A. Backers winning by six goals to nil. Yeah, I thought they'd have their mojo back this week. And it, it quite clearly they have Andy White with four, Jamie Brown with one, and Luca, Luca Parto with one. But... I mean, you know, clearly last week was maybe an off week for them and this week they've come back and really, you know, said that, you know, we're, we're not giving this up yet. We're, we're top of the league and we're going to stay there. But the gap is still one point at the top of the league. At the moment, it's free, but um, Vikings will play Castletown midweek. If Vikings win that, then the last game of the season, backers A meet Vikings A and it will all come down to that game. So next weekend, that game is going to probably definitely be one of the games to look out for. That could be unmissable. But let's not forget with uh, that Vikings A Castletown Celts game has been rescheduled. Castletown have certainly proven their worth in this division this season against the likes of Backers and Vikings, who you often see op occupying those top spots in the league. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're no pushovers whatsoever, Castletown. Well, when, when they met in the league last time, 
uh, Vikings only just come out winners. Um, I think it was 3-2. I might be wrong. And then they met in the Cup, and that was, again, just you know one goal between them. So I, I, I'm not placing a bet on it, but that midweek game could be very crucial. Could very well be indeed. Well, that's the Rossborough Mixed Premier League results for Saturday. Let's move on to Rossborough Mixed Division 1. There were two games that pushed back at 12.35 and one was one of the later ones at 3.35pm. We'll start with the two that started earlier and over at King Williams College, Castletown Southerners were up against Vikings D and it was Southerners who came out on top with a good win there. Southerners beating Vikings D by four goals to nil. Yeah, I, I had uh, Vikings D actually down to maybe just get this one but you know credit to Castletown yet again another Castletown team has proven me wrong um, Corbin Stewart with one Dan Roberts with one Archie Cox with one and Christian Stereopolis with one but a good win for Castletown Southerners bouncing back after a heavy defeat last week you're learning that this season and uh, your predecessor, Sam Spooner, said the same thing last season. Never write off a Castletown team. Yep, I, I'm learning very well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's take a look at the other game that started at 12.35. Vikings C against Valkyrie C at QE2. Valkyrie C coming out on top here. Valkyrie's winning by three goals to nil. Yeah, and Valkyrie C really needed to get this win today and they have um, Christian uh, Chris Thomas sorry, with uh, two and Russ Miller with one for Valkyrie C. And then in the late pushback at the NSC in Douglas was between Harlequins A and Backers C. And this is quite the statement from uh, Harlequins today. Harlequins A winning against Backers C by 10 goals to nil. Yeah, and I went down to watch the first half of this game. And as as a Harlequins player, I, I was stood there watching our A team and going, wow, because that is the best I have seen our A team play all season. It was absolutely faultless and just as soon as they got in the D it was no fancy work trying to show off getting a top corner finish it was just bang into the D shot and that it's proven you know worthwhile what they've done uh, Ronan Santantonio with five I apologize I've probably said your name wrong again um, Corey Corker with two Paul Nottle with one Alfie Swales with one and then Tony mentioned him just before there. He saved a penalty in the football, and then he came straight down to the A-team game and scored Joe Milton with one. Excellent stuff. What a day for him. Um, so so in terms of um, mixed division one, where does that leave table us tables-wise at the moment? Um, it's going to come down to games next weekend. Uh, Harlequins, I think, it's top by a point. I could be wrong, but yeah, it all comes down to the games next weekend. This get, this league's going to go right down to the final game, which is next week. Fantastic stuff. Let's move on then to Rossborough Mixed Division 2. There were three games there as well. We had one very early pushback at 5 past 11 and then two at 12.35. Let's start with that one that started at 5 past 11. Valkyrie's D taking on Ramsey Rookies at QE2 and Valkyrie's D coming out on top. They won this one by three goals to one. Yeah, I thought they would have the um, stronger team to overcome Ramsey Rookies. Uh, Mark Perryman with two, Bill Cowell with one. And then for Ramsey Rookies, it was Dan Stevens. But um, yeah, great win for Valkyrie's D and they really, really needed it to avoid the relegation in this league. And then down in the south at uh, Castle Russian High School, uh, Castletown Cushags taking on Vikings E at 12.35 today. Another big result for a Castletown team this weekend. Castletown Cushags beating Vikings E by four goals to one. And again, I've said it. I've said Vikings E would win and Castletown have overdone it, overcome me again. Uh, Castletown bottom of the league and that's a huge result for them. 
Um, it really does make that relegation battle in this league now really tasty and it's going to come down again to next weekend's games. Um, for Castletown, it was Hannah Ashton Foster with one, Sienna Stevens with one, Fern Bagazzi with one and Eden McCormick with one for uh, Castle Castletown. And then for Vikings E, it was Jacob Harding. And then we move on to the other 12.35 pushback. This was the crucial one between the top two, and it uh, didn't disappoint in how close you expected it to be. Uh, Ramsey Ravens up against Castletown Camags at Ramsey Grammar School, and it's another victory for Castletown this weekend, but only just. Ramsey Ravens nil, Castletown Camags won. And congratulations to Castletown Camags because they are Division Two champions. Um, abs- absolutely flawless this season, Uh unbeaten and they're still unbeaten um, only the one goal today but in their last few games they've been scoring goals for fun and the the man of the moment who got that goal is Will Collister um, but congratulations to Castown Camags Division 2 champions like you say they've been scoring goals for fun but in games like that with uh, Ramsey Ravens breathing down your neck in second as well sometimes you do have to grind out a result like that that shows a different side to them as well doesn't it oh yeah absolutely and I mean I'm sure Ramsey Ravens really put out as much of a strong team as they could and clearly you know it has just come down to just one split second and it's come down to just that and it's uh, Castletown Camags with the win well there we go Castletown Camags Rossborough Mixed Division 2 champions congratulations let's move on to Rossborough Mixed Division 3 three games there Uh, we'll start with the early pushback five past 11 it was a Harlequins derby between Harlequins B and Harlequins C at the NSC and it was the B team that overcame their C team Harlequins B beating their C team by eight goals to two and yet again uh, there's a familiar face on this this score sheet (laughs) isn't there but I will say the C team took the lead um and yeah a few b team players were looking at each other going hang on a minute something's not right um for harlequins c it was uh sam clegg and nathan evans and then for harlequins b it was amelia lee with three sam cunningham with one david smith with one jess Corlett with one and ben cunningham with two i promise i'm not being greedy (laughs) (laughs) but honestly for a derby, you really wouldn't have thought this. It was a league game. It was just played in such really good spirit. Everyone was, you know, clapping each other, patting each other on the back, having a joke with each other. And both umpires as well just got into the spirit of it. And it was it was a really, really pleasant game. Always good to see. Well, let's move on to the 5 past 2 pushback in Rossborough Mixed Division 3 between Backers Colts and Castletown Cosney. Backers Colts continuing there. Very good form this season in the division. They've beaten Castletown Cosney at Castle Russian by four goals to nil. And Backers Colt are now Division 3 champions because no matter what the result is next week, if Harlequins be here to win next week against Backers Colt, Backers Colt will still be one point ahead. So Backers Colts today have wrapped up Division 3. Uh, Doug Quayle with one, Dave Partons with two, and Peter Vernon-Brown with a goal as well. Congratulations as well then to Backers Colts, Rossborough Mixed Division 3 champions going into the final week next week. And the final game in Rossborough Mixed Division 3 was between Backers D and Valkyrie's Colts. We looked at this result and this uh, raised an eyebrow or two in the studio, didn't it? Backers D nil, Valkyrie's Colts won. And the message I've got is Valkyrie's Colts played the whole game with 10 players. And to overcome Backers D, who have got so many older players but they have got so much experience from 
past past age. I won't mention some of their ages. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic result for uh, Valkyrie's Colts. And you know, it's it really sums up their season. They've you know they've they've only some weeks been getting ten players. I mean, one week they had to concede the game because they had to you know lend players to their D team. But absolutely full credit to Valkyrie's Colts. And it was Alex Devereaux who got the solo goal for Valkyrie's Colts. And that might uh, just be just be a silver lining. Like you say, it's been tough for them this season. Sometimes they've only had 10 players that have been available for them for whichever reason, but they've still turned out where they can oh, yeah. and always put in 100%. And that's rewards for their efforts in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I when when I played them in uh, the Hall, when I was playing for Harlequins B and we played against them, they only had 10 there, but they never dropped their heads. And that is what's kept them going this season. No matter what the result is they've just kept going excellent well we've uh, we've got around two minutes here so we'll just quickly wrap up last but certainly not least the two games in Rossborough mixed under 15s league this weekend yep so Ramsey Rogues and Rascals and Harlequins it was a 5-4 win for Harlequins uh, Ramsey Rogues and Rascals goal scorers were Winnie Davis with two Alfie Mellon with one and Amelia Colster with one and for Harlequins it was Caleb Blakemore with two Killiam Dowling with two and Molly Swales with one and then the other game, Castletown Sharks against Backers. That was a 6-0 win for Backers. Uh, Abby Maddox with two. Zara Leave with two. Uh, Amelia got, uh, Geldard, I think is. Sorry, I, I can't even read my own writing with one. And uh, Ollie Christian with one. Well, Ben, thank you very much. As ever, we'll be catching up with you next week when it looks like it's going to be a, a roller coaster finish to the uh, mixed hockey season. Well, Ben, thank you very much indeed. That is your hockey for this weekend. And rounding things off tonight, we're going to take a look at athletics. One of the most popular athletic events of the year on the island gets underway tomorrow morning in the south. The Sickwork Half Marathon gets underway on the Ronaldsway Industrial Estate at 8 a.m. sharp. Around 400 competitors are due to be involved across both the half half marathon run and half marathon walk events its organizers the alaman veteran athletes club have actually had to put limits on entries in the last few years due to how high demand is to take part ahead of things getting underway tomorrow morning i caught up with dave griffiths to find out who he thinks might be the competitors in with a shout of victory and his thoughts on why the occasion is proving so popular the entry is absolutely fantastic this year, as it has been uh, for each of the last three years, in fact. I think really it goes back to the 2020 event, uh, which of course was the, the main COVID lockdown year, where it was impossible to travel off the island and there were no events off the island anyway. So all the local athletes uh, basically had no choice but to compete locally. So all running events were incredibly popular that year. Uh, the SIG worked so much so that they actually had to impose a 400 limit uh, that year, which they have kept uh, since then. But whereas certain other races maybe have dropped off a little bit in popularity, uh, the SIG Quirk has hit the 400 limit with weeks to spare uh, once again this year. So it's fantastic entry. Just on that point there, you mentioned obviously the organisers had to take their decision to restrict entries and it's been popular year after year. What makes it such a popular event? I think it's it's a combination of the course. I think it's uh, while there are some hills in it, uh, it's it's a pretty fast course. Um, I think the runners who compete in the half marathon and and the marathon, in fact, uh, on the Ramsey course in August, uh, the Sigquirter course down down in the south of the island is a lot faster. So generally, you know, you'll get athletes who run in both events. Uh, they'll typically uh, go quite a bit faster in the Sigquirter. And I think it's just the history of the event as well. And it, it's a quite a rare opportunity to run a half marathon on the island. I think it's only the two 
two uh, in the year. So yeah, it's just a tremendously popular event. For those who don't know the, the, the ins and outs of how the whole SIGQuirk Half Marathon event goes, could you just explain what events take place? Yes, we've got running and walking races. The vast majority of the entrants are in the run. I think it's about 350 to 50 or something like that. The actual format is that at 8am 8, uh, 8 on Sunday morning, uh, the walking race uh, gets underway. And then at 8.15, the running race has actually been brought forward this year because of uh, a potential problem with the train going across the junction in Balasala, which is something we've had in the past, but not in recent years. So the slower runners start at 8.15am and then the faster runners start at 8.30 a.m. So we will have three races going on at the same time, but obviously off uh, off different uh, different starts. So that's basically the format. And just to give you a little, uh, little bit of an idea of the course, it starts and finishes on the Ronaldsway Industrial Estate. So there's about a mile at the start and a mile at the finish, which is basically just a loop around the estate. And then the main course is completed twice, and that uh, emerges onto the road at the airport, goes through Balasala, past Russian Abbey, across cross four ways into Balabeg, turns left on the Southern Hundred course in reverse, and then turns left again onto the Castletown Bypass, past the uh, the pubs, the Viking, and then past King Williams College, and back to Ronald's Way. So two laps of that is completed, and then there's a lap around the industrial estate at the end, so that makes up the distance. In both the men's and women's sections, the winners last time around in each of those aren't actually here this time around so what are the fields like this year? So I think in the men's race I initially thought it was going to be a really close race between Oren Smith and Christian Varley but I believe Christian's also doing pacemaking as well so I think that probably makes Oren who's a tremendous endurance athlete and he's had a lot of success uh, over the years and I think he is now the clear favourite to win and he has won the uh, the event before but there are quite a number of others who I think will be looking to set personal best times probably by some some distance I would think looking at the uh, the entry we have. I think Sean McEntee uh, is an athlete who's really improved in the last couple of years. He, he had a cracking uh, marathon in Berlin not so long ago. Uh, we've got Sam Jones, who was runner-up last year. Mark Berman, uh, who's a really strong uh, endurance athlete. He's been doing well at cross-country and on the fells this season. And then you've got others like you know Jamie Newton, who's got loads of experience, as has Paul Sykes. And the women's field as well, because winner last time around, Alyssa Wood, isn't available this time. How strong is this field? I think the women's field, uh, to be fair, I, I think is probably even stronger than the men's when you look at the strength and depth. It's an absolutely tremendous uh, field. Like you say, the two previous winners oh, in the last couple of years, Sarah Webster's on pacemaking duty. Alyssa Wood, unfortunately, is injured at the moment, so there will be a new winner this year. And I really, I'm delighted to see her in the in the entry, and that's Gemma Aston, who was an absolutely brilliant teenage athlete uh, who achieved a heck of a lot. You know, won a medal at the Island Games, uh, finished high up in English schools competition, uh, and so on. And after a gap of about ten years, she recently made a racing comeback on the roads in the Great South Run. Portsmouth. Now I know Gemma um, sort of slightly longer term is looking to move up to the marathon so running her first half marathon will be a stepping stone towards that. She's got to go into the race with no, basically no pressure, just you know, uh, just enjoy it, give it her best shots and you know I, I think she will go well. We've got last year's uh, runner-up uh, Becky Pate, uh, just a really competitive athlete. I know you know she's trying to um, you know she's improving all the time and she's very dedicated. Megan Thomas who's a really good marathon runner. She's run a couple of marathons recently so I think a lot of that will depend on how well she's recovered from that. There's Hannah Moore, who has just had an amazing year in 2022. She's winning cross country. She's winning fell races. She won the end-to-end walk. This is the first time she'll run a half marathon, so it'll be interesting to see how she goes. We've got um, an athlete who recently made some headlines, actually, by winning the Sierra Nevada Marathon in Spain, which is known as the world's fastest marathon because it's all downhill. She is making her half marathon debut, uh, obviously on a regular course, so it'll be quite interesting to see how how she goes on that. And then we've got athletes... um, 
who are maybe looking looking towards maybe sub 90 or low 90 minute times Dawn Atherton we've got the likes of Amber Carriage we've got Emma McMullen Helen Taylor Joanne Sharder and we've also got Commonwealth Games race walker uh, Erica Kelly if there are people who want to maybe get out and about and just support people at any point round the course what time should they be out there what time's things getting underway and what time do we roughly expect the events to finish the run winner We'll probably finish at round about, I think, maybe 9.40ish, something like that. Obviously, the women's race will be a little bit after that. You do need to be a little bit careful because, obviously, the roads will be busy with something like 400 competitors on the roads. But, uh, yeah, certainly certainly any spectators who want to come to the finish in the Ronaldsville Industrial Estate, you know, get there reasonably early, uh, give the runners a cheer uh, as they come in. Dave Griffiths with that report there on the Sigwork Half Marathon getting underway at 8am on Sunday morning. That's all we have time for on Saturday Sport Classified on Manx Radio AM 1368. Thank you very much for joining us for your latest roundup of rugby, hockey and football results on the Isle of Man. We will now be handing back over to Radio Caroline. So thank you very much for joining us and enjoy the rest of your evening and the rest of your weekend. Until next time, bye for now.